want to acknowledge Bill Johnson, the senior leader of Bethel Church. The title of my message comes from one of his messages this morning. And, you know, I have been getting really weary in battle, must be honest. The enemy is alive and well in people's lives. People are under yokes of oppression, shame, guilt. I, and I know others too, have been standing in the gap in warfare. Someone sent me the link to Bill's message because it had spoken to them. And praise God, it has once more injected me and enthused me to keep battling for others the same way that I know people are standing in the gap in warfare for me. So I want to give credit to Bill, but please, most of what I am about to say this morning is not from him, so do not judge him by my words, okay? I've also found it very interesting to see on Facebook over the last couple of days that um, some of the churches that I follow on Facebook, and they put up what their theme is for this coming Sunday, their theme is exactly the same as ours. So church, be aware that the Spirit of God is saying something very important. The Spirit of God is saying something very vital to us. Um, Not just us, but the church as a whole. Um, The scriptures this morning that we are focusing on are probably very familiar to most of us. But don't just think there and think, oh yeah, I know this. Open up your heart and let the Holy Spirit speak to you afresh this morning. Let me pray. Lord, you have something important to say to each one of us this morning. I pray our hearts will be open to hear from you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your work amongst us, enabling us to apply the truth to our lives. Father, I believe today is a day of revelation and freedom for many. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work you are doing in setting people free in our midst today. Amen. Turn with me me anyway to Proverbs 18 verse 10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. There's a fabulous little scripture in Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. I don't know if you will know this one. The Lord is good. He is a refuge in times of trouble. Can I have some amens? These aren't just sweet little verses. These are the truth. The Lord is good. He is a refuge in times of trouble. To those who trust God, his mercy, his love, his grace is a refuge supplying all our needs without in any way diminishing his supply. His supply never runs out. Trust is central to our relationship with God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you want to be a God pleaser? Perhaps I should ask again. 
God is the most trustable, faithful one in the universe. The relationship we have with God is entirely up to us. You know, I love that picture that Japheth shared about Horton, here's a who. It's up to us to listen. It's up to us to hear. His supply for us is available all the time. It never runs out. It is never the source of supply and protection that is problematic. The blockage to our receiving is in us, not in God. God is always dealing with our hearts. Proverbs 4 verse 23, another one that's familiar. Above all else, guard your heart because all you do flows out of it. Now let's go to our main text this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul speaking. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. A stronghold is anything we put our trust in to protect us and keep us safe. Here, Paul is telling us we must tear down anything we have our trust in that is not of or from God. Also, we must tear down anti-Christ mindsets because they become strongholds that have us in bondage. What do I mean by an antichrist mindset? An antichrist mindset is any mindset we have that is antichrist, anti his work, anti his teaching, anti his heart. All thoughts that are not Christ thoughts are antichrist thoughts. Paul is telling us we need to demolish the strongholds that the enemy has set up against the knowledge of God. That's what he's saying here. And who needs to do it? We. We. We need to do it. How? By taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. In other words, anything that is in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, that is not found in the heart of God has no place in your life and you need, you need 
you need to demolish these strongholds that hold you trapped. These strongholds that Paul is referring to are a hiding place for demonic activity in your life. They are established through thoughts that do not line up with the word and heart of God. Thinking incorrectly, in other words, thinking differently to the word of God empowers the enemy and gives him a place to hide in your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know it. You know it. I'm sure while I'm finding it, people could quote it, myself included. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has good, pleasing, and perfect plans for us, his children. This means we need, thank you, this means we need to be transformed from who we were to who he has created us to be. And listen, this is the good news. We don't clean ourselves up to be acceptable for God. We offer ourselves to him and he cleans us up. All you fishermen out there know you can't clean the fish before you've caught them. You know, the other day I was pondering on who I was before I came to Christ. And the words of a chorus that we used to sing back in the day when I was saved came to my mind. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he's made something beautiful out of my life. These words are so true for me. Brokenness and strife, that's what God got when he got me. And through the journey I've had with him, he has taken that and he has turned it totally around. And I have to tell you that has involved a deep, deep process of renewing my mind. The world Jesus offered to me was nothing like the world that I left behind. And I know that's the case for many of you too. Some of you have had the privilege of living in Christian homes, of being brought up under godly, wise Christian parents, but that has not been the case for all of us, and it certainly was not the case for me. My parents, I'm not knocking them, they did the best that they were capable of doing with the information and the um, wholeness that they had. It's not about what they did wrong, it's about what Christ did right when I gave my life to him. To come fully into all he had for me meant letting go, letting go, leaving behind all I knew and embracing a whole new way of thinking. 
and that didn't happen overnight, sadly. It has been a journey, it has been a process. We cannot stay conformed to the ways of the world and live in the abundance of all that Jesus died to give us. You know this, you know this, but is it real in your life? Is it real in my life? Are there still areas where we have stinking thinking? Are there still areas that we have not handed over to the Lord? We cannot stay conformed to the ways of this world and live in the abundance of all that Jesus has died to give us. The old life for me actually included pretty high godly values. That's how we were brought up. That's how most of us were brought up. We knew right from wrong. We knew respect. We knew godly values. But my heart, now that is another story. And broken people break others. And I was broken, horribly broken. And it amazes me how God has changed me. It amazes me who I was and who I am now. But church, it wasn't fairy dust. It was a journey and it was a process and I had to do hard work to renew my mind. I tell you this because some believers think that when we give stuff over to God, when we're working with God, it's an easy process. Well, you know what? It's not. Going to the cross was not an easy process for Jesus either. Sometimes it's a hard slog. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. See, you've got to put it on. You have to do something. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul, again, is emphasizing the need to renew our minds, to tear down those things that no longer belong in our minds now we are in Christ it's time to declare war on everything that is stopping you from carrying out God's purpose for your life it's time to declare war on those things that are stopping you from coming into the fullness of the wonderful life that God has created you to live We need to rise up and use our God-given authority in Christ and stop letting the enemy have crazy victories in our life. We have to stop speaking negative things over ourselves. Oh my gosh, it breaks my heart when I hear some of the things that come out of people's mouths. Speak blessing, not cursing. Declare God's truth over yourself and don't let others speak out negatively against you either. You know, I try to be polite when people do this to me, but I don't allow those words to settle. 
you know, I have people who have spoken sickness over my life, who have spoken this over my life and that over my life, and I just say to them, I rebuke those words of yours in Jesus' name, and I declare they will not settle on me. And please do not ever say things like that over my life again. You know, we have to be firm. We can be firm and kind, but why should we be worried because this is what some of us are, worried about upsetting the person who said that stuff over us, spoken a curse over us. Why should we be more concerned about not hurting their feelings than concerned about breaking those words before they settle on us? Come on, church, this is battle. I told you a few um, number of months ago now that God was having me lead us into battle, and I believe this morning he's causing me to help you, or hope these words are helpful, to battle the things that are coming against you in your walk, your Christian walk with the Lord. We are in a battle. There is a battle for us. Yes, we have given our lives to the Lord, and yes, we are saved. That's for those who have. But there is a battle to stop us coming into all that we are in Christ. There is a battle to take us away from the good things that God has planned for us and we need to make a stand and declare you will not rob, kill and destroy me, devil. We need to fight the evil plans the enemy has to trap us in his strongholds. Praise is a very, very powerful weapon. Declare God's greatness, his goodness into the atmosphere. The enemy hates truth. You know, Jesus said, you are a liar. You are the father of all liars. He hates truth. So the more you declare the truth of God over your life, the further he is going to run from you. You need to grasp just how scared he is of you discovering and using your given power, your given authority to use the name of Jesus Christ. That is why he will do all he can to keep you trapped in his stronghold because once you are out and free, he will lose his hold over you. You know, let me give you an example of taking every thought captive. Infirm spirits are constantly trying to establish strongholds over our lives. We wake up and we might have a bit of a scratchy throat. Before the words come out of your mouth, oh, I think I'm getting a cold, take that thought captive. Rebuke the infirm spirit that is trying to to in, um, influence you, say out loud, I mean, yeah, do not say out loud that you are getting out Say out loud, I rebuke these cold symptoms that are trying to gain access to me. I renounce you and command you to leave me in Jesus' name and I release total healing into my body. That's how we take thoughts captive. You know, you make a mistake, you do something a bit silly. And, you know, I don't know if other people struggle with this. This is one of the thought processes I had to change. You know, you do something, oh, you're so blimmin' stupid. Why can't you get it right? You're always making mistakes. You're never getting it right. Don't accept that. 
you make a mistake. As soon as those negative thoughts try to penetrate into your thinking, stop them. Do not let them settle. Declare, I have made a mistake. The only mistake I make is the one I don't learn from. I will learn from this mistake. Don't beat yourself up. That's what the enemy is doing. God isn't. He's full of grace and love. Be kind to yourself and just think when you are speaking out or thinking negative things about yourself, you are actually criticizing the work of Christ in your life. You know, I got frustrated with God lots of times. I used to think, why can't you move a bit quicker? Come on, I've been struggling with this area in my life for ages. Come on, God, let's get this sorted out. Demolish all access the devil has to your life by tearing down existing strongholds he has in you and by blocking all new ones he's trying to build into you. Please, let me put a warning in here. Do not go from here devil-focused. We are Christ-focused. We are focused on what Jesus is doing. But at the same time, we are very aware of what the enemy is doing. We are told in Peter to be alert because he's always looking for someone to take out. Be alert, but don't be focused. Keep your focus on what Jesus is doing and get in behind what Jesus is doing. Swap the negative thoughts about yourself for the positive ones in God. You must stay alert to what's going on in here. Christine Kane has a fabulous saying I like. Our thoughts are like trains. They take us places. So church, think about what you're thinking. Because your thoughts are going to take you someplace and you want to be sure that your thoughts are taking you into God and not away from God. Take your wrong thoughts captive. See them like being prisoners of war. Take them captive. Lead them away. Chuck them out. If it's not in God's heart, then it shouldn't be in our hearts either. Here's some wisdom from Derek Prince. Many different doors lead into the realm of the supernatural, but there is only one door that leads to the supernatural realm of God. That door is Jesus. Those who go through any other door enter a supernatural realm, but is the realm of Satan, not of the one true God. If you have opened up one of these doors and gone through them, even just for a bit of harmless fun, then you need to get prayer and get set free because they are a stronghold. The occult is a stronghold that holds you captive. If you have been involved in any occult practices and have not had them broken off your life, please, before you come home today, come up the front and get prayer. We love to um, see people set free. If you have gone through the doors of um, fortune-telling, new age activities, some of the health things, yoga, you know, people say, oh, I only do yoga for the exercises. Well, actually, so did I. I had an amazing deliverance from yoga. Anything 
that is supernatural, new age, or any of these other new things that come in that are not of God, you need to shut the door on them and walk out and be free. Get them broken off your life. And if you're not sure if what you have dabbled in is wrong, come and have a chat. I have an extensive list and I have experienced things. I um, was asked years ago, back when Women's Aglow was in its heyday in this country, I was asked to be one of their prayer counsellors um, after the meetings when people came up for prayer. So I went to a training day and they handed us out an occult checklist and says, this is what you will go down with people who come forward. And they said, you probably should have a glance down at, well, you know what, I ticked nearly everything on that list because I dabbled in it sometimes in innocence, sometimes having no clue what I was opening myself up to, but sometimes knew it wasn't quite right, but just wanted to see what the future held for me. Yeah, different person. Okay, in closing, I want to deal with one more stronghold that the enemy keeps us locked up in, and this is the stronghold of unforgiveness, and it will hold you in serious bondage. I know some of you have had terrible things happen to you, things that should never have happened to you. And you either can't find it in your heart to forgive or you are choosing to stay offended. I want to encourage you today to stop it. You know the saying, holding unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the other person. Unforgiveness, this is important because this is where people get unstuck. Unforgiveness does not mean you are letting the other person off the hook, nor does it mean you trust the other person. Got to use wisdom. But it does mean that when we forgive them, we break that bond that holds us to them. And here is a hard thing. We may think the person deserves punishment, but God might let them off scot-free, and we have to be okay with that. That happened to me years ago. Someone did something really, really mean, in fact, really cruel to me. And I forgave them because I had to. And I wanted God to get in their face and really let them know what they did to me was not okay. I even told God what he could tell them in case he missed any of the details. But he didn't. Instead, he healed them of their brokenness that had caused them to behave like that toward me. It took me a wee while to be okay about that because, hey, the Lord is our vindicator. I knew that scripture, so I thought he was going to get in there and vindicate me and let them know exactly what had gone on. But he healed them. And you know what? Now, when I pray forgiveness over someone who has done something to me, my prayer is, Father God, I forgive them and I ask you to step in and heal them from whatever it is 
that's broken in their life that is causing them to behave in that way. It is so, so freeing. Here's another quote from Derek Prince, which is the key that unlocks all of this. You know, sorry people, I've got the reading glasses on, I can't see the clock, I have no clue how long I've been going. But this is the word of God and I'm believing it's helpful, I'm believing people are being set free here as I speak this morning. So good old Derek Prince, the unexplained love of God is the greatest single fact in the universe and no one will ever be able to explain it. Don't try to find reasons why God loves you, just believe he does. Don't try to find reasons why God loves you. Just believe he does. Because God loves you, whether you believe it or not. It's a fact. If your opinion differs to the truth of God, then please this very day tear down that stronghold and choose to believe God really does love you. You know, we Kiwis are very opinionated. We had an American pastor once and he told us that being opinionated was one of the strongholds that the enemy holds over New Zealand. He picked it up because he'd come from outside. Having, you know, come on, we have opinions about everything. We have opinions and we don't have the facts. We weren't in the circumstances, but we hear the thing that happened and so we form an opinion about it. We have opinions about things that are going on in our lives. Our opinion may not line up with the word of God, but hello, it's our opinion. We need to stop treating our opinions as truth. Our opinions are opinions. They are not truth. Come on, Kiwis, we need to really deal to... I know, God really dealt to me that day in that church service because, boy, if there was anyone opinionated, had opinions about everything. If your opinion does not line up with the word of God, especially about yourself, then drop the opinion. It's only your opinion. The word of God is truth, not your opinion. So when you think you are unlovable, tear it down. That's just your opinion. The truth is God loves you. Tear down the stronghold lies that the enemy has got you captivated to. Because when you tear down the lie and shut the door on all occult activity in your life, then the strongholds will start to crumble down around you. As you read through the word, take note of just how important this topic was to Paul. He mentions very similar instructions in most of his letters. Think about what you're thinking about. You know, I was thinking about this and about strongholds and towers and I couldn't help but think of Rapunzel. Now, I'm sure everybody, just like they know Horton, here's a who knows the story of Rapunzel. I cannot remember for the life of me why she was locked in that tower because, as you can see, it's a fair while since I read a fairy story. But anyway, she's locked up in this tower and there is no entrance in or out except through her hair and... The wicked lady, um, I don't know if it was a stepmother or who, um, you can fill me in later, Olive, it's fine. She could only get into this tower by climbing up Rapunzel's hair. 
And that's what the devil wants us to believe. There's no escape from the stronghold that you are in. It is a lie. Your handsome prince, Jesus Christ for the record, is there opening, smashing. There is a way out of your strongholds that are not your strongholds in Christ. There is a way out of towers and walls that the enemy has built around you with his lies, with his invitation into the occult. And this handsome prince Jesus this morning is giving us the tools to smash those walls down and come out of captivity and go with him. Hallelujah. So church, the Lord is our refuge and the enemy will do everything to stop us running to our refuge. So I invite you today to choose which refuge Choose choose which stronghold you are going to run to for your safety. <coughs> choose the Lord's or choose the enemy's. It is a choice. Think about what you're thinking about. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Run into him. Run into him. Father God, I thank you that you are our refuge. You are our strong tower. You are our, um, you are our protection. You are our armor. You are all things good. Father God, I pray for each one of us here this morning who is locked into a stronghold either of their own making or of the enemy's making, that Father God, I pray right now that each one will break down those lies that they have been hiding behind, that they will shut the door on the enemy's activity in their life and they will come out from behind that captivity and be free in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm.